Welcome to King Size, Survivor Type. With Matt Robinson. So good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are listening, one and all. Um, very, very Truman showy that one. Um, welcome back to King Size Survivor Type. And this one is particularly, particularly special because my survivor type this week is my partner in crime, my co-creator of the show, the walking, wonderful, empathic encyclopedia of, of Stephen King, the man, the myth, the legend, Simone Balcone, Mr. Simon Balkan. Yes, by popular demand is this episode survivor type oh, yay. help help i'm trapped on a desert island where are the flares where's the where's the inflatable dinghy where's the paddles get me off this island no stop, stop bloody laughing go and get help <laughs> oh you're hopeless yeah i'm sorry buddy that no help can be given at this stage we're beyond that stage you know, the, you, the the plane has crashed, you you swum through the waves and you're on the island. So, you know, that I, I can give you, I can offer you some assistance in some goodies to take with you on the island, which we're going to discover in good course. But I'm afraid as far as help goes, that's shallot with me, I'm afraid. Well, who crashed the plane? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> that cock-a-doody brat of a pilot. That plane was one dirty bird. So you are here, my lovely friend. And what I'm doing now is, and this uh, is, a, I will describe what I'm doing, obviously, as we've got no visuals um, through the medium of the podcast. But I'm getting out my phone and I am taking a photo of, on a little notepad I've got, where I have put down what I think you're going to choose. Ah. <laughs> So how it works, constant listeners and dear friends, is Sai is on a desert island. He is our survivor type, but he's not alone. He is not alone because he is taking with him onto the sand three Stephen King books to while away the time. He's also taking a book that is not written by Stephen King. And again, I know it's a weird concept, but hey, it's in there. I know. What's that all about, huh? He's also gets to choose a film, choose an album, uh, choose a, lu a luxury item. And then this one that I know he's particularly looking forward to, as I know he's a man who doesn't like the cold and who does, uh, as the night draws in, he needs to start a fire. And, um, you know, we don't have to worry about Bear grills techniques here because he's going to have a lovely, lovely, probably thick, weighty, who knows, but he's going to have a Stephen King book that I'm very generously going to let him throw on the fire because we know he loves burning books. And uh, <laughs> it's a hobby of mine, don't you know? That's what he does in his spare time in between recording podcasts and um, being an acting sensation on the screen, the small screen, the big screen. He likes burning books. So, uh, yes, he will... Um, <laughs> I think when we come to that question, you probably will jump into the ocean uh, and take your chances with the sharks. But um, let's I'd rather jump see. into the fire myself as a, <laughs> as, a, as a sign of brave sacrifice and integrity. 
<laughs> You're our hero, man. <laughs> Save the books. I will burn myself. <laughs> that is it, man. That is it. Give this man the Nobel Prize. And he's I think I'm going to confound quite a few of your choices. I... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I have a sense that might happen too, because you are a enigmatic man of mystery, which is why we love you. So, uh, yes, uh, we cannot wait. Well, listen, let's 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 jump into it. Let's do it, my friend. Are you ready? Are you ready to be cast away as this episode survivor type? Absolutely not. So let's do it. Okay. <laughs> If you, wait, if you wait to be ready to do something, you'll never do it. So do it. Feel the fear, do it anyway, right? Absolutely. Okay, so here we go. But just before we do launch into the, the first of those King books that you're going to save with you, mm-hmm. um, so many of our listeners know you and love you through King Size for over the last year. But for those might, that might be listening to you and counting you for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself, Sai, and uh, in particular, your King Connection? Well, um, I guess I would summarise myself most succinctly by saying I am a middle-aged actor who lives in southeast London. Um, I'm a country boy at heart, but a silly city dweller these days. Um, my connection to Stephen King is through watching adaptations of his books, probably much too young, and then subsequently coming to the writing, um, when I was a bit more, a bit more mature, I suppose. <laughs> I started reading um, Stephen King's stuff when I was about 16, but I've been watching adaptations and the mini miniseries and films long before that. So actually I came to, to Stephen King sort of visually before um, the literary front. Yeah. And when you then made that transition to the literary front, what was what was your your first king? Can you remember? Oh yes, it was um, Skeleton Crew. Right. Okay. My first my first Stephen King book was um, Skeleton Crew. So the first story of his I ever read was The Mist. Right. Okay. And how has it fabulous been? Fabulous place to start. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And how's it been for you over the last year um, since setting up King Size and? diving in even deeper to to these works it's fascinating it's um it's wonderful how well um the writing withstands rereading mm. um because you can you when you go back to something you have everything that you remember from having read it first or second time but you always get an extra level you always get a new layer um, with something you hadn't, either something you'd forgotten or better still, something you didn't see the first time round. Yes. It didn't, it didn't quite click. It didn't quite register. You go, oh, I get, oh, that's a clever little detail. I completely missed that. Uh, oh, and that makes sense. And then it connects with, oh, oh <laughs> really rather clever. <laughs> it's far, far smarter than I could do it. I'm not a writer. Never have been. Um, and it's wonderful listening to people who know about how Stephen King writes, like our friend Vincent, who explained how he how Stephen King writes generally, but particularly how he wrote it and what his um, what his routine 
is like because he has it seems to me he has a certain routine but it works it absolutely works for him and as an artist i think you do whatever it is that works for you there are so many different routes to the same destination everyone's trying to get to the same point but people have as many ways of working as there are workers yeah and that's it that's his route that's how he works and it works for him um but within that routine he can he still has the the freedom to let the stories go in whichever direction they're going to go some writers like knowing what the end point is and their um sort of excitement is finding their way to that end point yeah and he's completely different he's the antithesis of that he has no idea where, where it's going to go he just lets the story kind of evolve so long as it's exciting him and so long as he's he's sort of in some ways trying to scare himself or excite himself yeah. with this story yeah um then it works and that's a pretty good rule of thumb I mean, as, as an actor, I'm always saying to, to people and reminding myself, you've got to be interested in what's, in what's happening. Because if you're not interested, the audience haven't got a prayer. If you feel passionate and excited, that will always be transmitted. The human heart, if this doesn't sound too philosophical, the human heart has an incredibly sensitive radar. So... For example, you can tell when someone's lying to you. You might not be able to exactly articulate what it is they're lying about or, or how they're lying, but you just know something's not right. That, that radar is going, something's, something smells fishy here, and I'm not talking about the contents of Baldrick's Apple Crumble. There's something not right here. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but something's off. So you just know when someone's not being entirely truthful with you. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Um, and if you're, if if you know what it is that you're trying to say, mm. and you care about what you're trying to say, if it matters to you, an audience of whether that's an audience reading something or watching something yeah. will be carried along with the story, and they won't need to be. Um, sort of reassured mm. in, in some way they'll just go with you mm. they'll just go with the story and they won't they won't be looking at the acting they won't be looking at, at, at actors acting they'll look at characters behaving yes that's a really important definition isn't it and yeah distinction so between those yeah yes yeah there is a chasm between the two things yes um and I think with a lot of Stephen King's writing, you're carried along by the, by the story. Yeah. I have, I have no, no idea how any of the technical stuff works with that. None at all. And I kind of don't want to. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm interested in the process, but I don't want to know how the magician does their trick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it don't, takes away a lot of the delight for me. Yes, don't pull back the curtain, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm, mm. Exactly. It becomes a lot less mm. a lot less engaging. It, it's sort of, oh, oh, I thought it was more more intricate and exciting than that. It's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's just sort of standing on one leg and doing this with your arm. Oh, all right. Okay. I wish I didn't know that. And I can't <laughs> I can't unknow it. Yeah. 
I, I, I think it, that's that's a really lovely place to be and, and quite right. And well, listen, you've got you can have that childish delight even on this island, stranded in the middle of nowhere, because you are going to be able to take three Stephen King novels with you. So hold a hold your powder dry on a couple, but give us, Sai, the name of the first Stephen King book collection story that you are taking with you on the island and why the first choice is entitled the dark tower what's that you say you cheating slimy double crossing little weasel now just when you say that, you mean a book from it or the whole thing? I mean, I mean the whole thing. The... <laughs> it's one story, right? Oh, man. You see, you're already, you're, you're going to set a precedent now. You're going to viva la revolution. You're going to now. <laughs> and because it's you, I can't slap you down for that. I mean, that's it. You're storming. You're storming the barricades. You're storming the palace there with it. Uh, yeah, it is one story. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> now, I so, should. Talk I, us I, I do need to say that a lot of a lot of these choices, if not indeed all of them, are context driven. So I'm a very literal person. So if I'm imagining imagining myself being on a desert island, I'm going to make those choices based on the fact that I'm on a desert island. Yeah. Now, I have yet to read any of The Dark Tower. Um, I know that it is a saga in the purest sense of the word. So there's a lot to read. There's a lot to, to keep me going. Yep. Um, so it should sustain me for as long as it needs to until I can get off this island. It's it's a it's, it's an inspired choice. And again, well, it, it would be completely fresh. And then once you've come off the island, once eventually I pull my finger out and be able to get a search party going for there. And, you know, don't worry, I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't want to rush your time on the island. She's got all these lovely books to read yeah, and well, things exactly. to do. Might, 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 want not wet, might not want rescuing. <laughs> exactly. Might have stock, Stockholm Syndrome with the island. Right, so here yeah. comes the plane. We can take you away. Bugger off. I like no, it here. No, would you go, could you come back? I'm still on the Song of Susanna. Um, <laughs> yeah. Susanna, sorry. Susanna. How on earth could I get that wrong? Well, because you've not read them yet, but you've got that all ahead of you. And I am... I'm incredibly uh, envious of you having that because it's a, it's a, it's a lovely... Lovely road ahead of you along the beam. Um, and of course, once you come back from the island, we can then go go do some tark, Dark Tower episodes. So it's, uh, yeah, that's a winner. That's a winner. Very I'm nice. doing homework at the same time. Yeah, exactly. See, that's just the conscientious man that you are. <laughs> that's just me. That's how I roll. So that's one of the ones that you haven't read. Just how... Like how much percentage of do you think of King's writing and output do you reckon by now you've read? 
I would say in that case, I've probably read about 75%. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. That feels about right, about 75%, which is great because that means there's like, there's more that... There's more than... <laughs> more to come. You know, I haven't <laughs> exhausted it. Yeah. And as you said, so si, obviously a big part of what we do on King Size is doing rereads and you know some of these books that you know we've read you know earlier on in our lives when we were even younger men mm-hmm. um and um you know now we're rereading them what is what is that like for you those rereads it's a bit like spending time with a friend that you spent a certain intense amount of time with um and got to know really well and sometimes you associate that that friend with a very particular place or time in your life mm-hmm. um and then when you reread them a lot of that comes comes back but at the same time with your sort of renewing the acquaintance you're learning new things about them as well <laughs> it's lovely yeah, it's a bit of, oh, it's you again. Oh, uh, yes, I remember. And there was that, wasn't it? Oh, there's this too. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. I've forgotten about that. Oh, and there was this, oh, yes. And that thing you mentioned before, that sort of connects with this, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, you're a clever one, aren't you? <laughs> so it's sort of like a nostalgic yeah. um, reacquaintance. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Beautiful way to put it. <laughs> my, my, your turn of phrase. Sir. Beautiful, beautiful. So listen, Dark Tower, there you go. You've got it. You, you, you've got the whole lot, mate, because it's you. Um, but that's not all, you know. I mean, you've somehow managed to sneak seven or eight books in there already in one go, you cunning, cunning fox, you. But you've still got a couple of other uh, books that you can take. So what is your second choice? And why? My, sec- my second choice is Under the Dome. Okay. Now. Tell us, tell us. I chose Under the Dome because, again, it's a hefty piece of writing. Yeah. It features an entire community of, of people, which I know other stories do too. But from my recollection, it's about the only novel of his that has a dramatis persona at the beginning of it. Mm. Because there are so Mm. many characters that you need to keep track of. He actually, you know, before the book kicks off, says, this is this person, this is what they do. This is this person, this is their responsibility in the town. Um, Because what happens affects everybody. I mean, I know that needful things obviously affects an entire community as well, but I think the story is told about a select number of people. Mm. Under the Dome features just about everybody in this town that um, that are trapped. Yeah. Like me on this island. <laughs> so I, see I might have there. a lot more affinity with these characters. <laughs> Now, Under the Dome, is that one, so have you read that one previously, or? Yes, I've read read Under the Dome once. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't dislike it, but it's not my favourite Stephen King. Mm, mm. So, if I'm stuck on a desert island with this, I've got the, 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 the chance to get to know it a lot better. Yeah. 
and yeah. to take my time with it this time. Love it. Because I don't know how long you're going to take with the rescue party. <laughs> so I have to plan, which is why I chose the Dark Tower first. I've got to plan um, on being here for a while. Hope for the hope for the best, but expect the worst. Well, yeah, absolutely. But it sounds like even if I do get things sorted, you, you're probably like, yeah, yeah, just just do another flyby and c- come back in a come back in a few days. I've, I've I've got reading to do here. I've got things to do. So I love, yes, I love the reasons you got. Wow, I mean, you've got already. I mean, you know, thousands and thousands of pages of prime king lined up already so this is going to be this is going to be a hefty rucksack if you're going for the uh old school format rather than kindle and um, yeah under the dome great choice and, and your reasoning why i remember having to have a couple of stabs at that one mm-hmm. because i remember the first time i read it i uh, just uh, the amount of people even with that i, I just spent most of my time yes. just flipping back going, who's that who's she what's that relation what's the and I think I tried to read it at a busy time and uh-huh. I realized, no, 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 this is something that actually you need to really savor and give your attention to. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that second time round clicked a lot more. So I think being on that Island will absolutely, as you say, give you that space and time to reacquaint yourself and have that mm. maybe nostalgic. Oh yeah, I get it. Mm. Oh, and there's this with it. Hmm. I mean, once I've um, got over the the trauma of of being on this island, I can say, well, at least I can catch up on my reading. <laughs> so every cloud, right? Every cloud, every <laughs> cloud, um, and lot, lots of really great reading too. So, oh well, might as well crack on. <laughs> but yeah, like you, reading uh, reading under the dome for the first time was always going back to that character list going yeah who are they again oh yeah that's i mean with the exception of one character jim yes yeah uh who stands out and his son junior they both they both really stand out yeah Um, everybody else you've got to go back and yeah um and it's interesting listening to stephen king talk in interviews just how much he compared uh jim rennie to donald trump uh and how how the how the two of them were um very similar to each other and of course he wrote under the dome before donald trump had his four years in the white house and it was just frighteningly prophetic but hey uh, politics right. and religion we better not go there no. yeah that's yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a can of worms but, but hopefully i'm going to escape from on this island that's the one thing i'm not going to have politics and i promise you i i won't let Jacob Rees-Mogg come and do a surprise visit to your island and leave you a little post-it note saying, oh, should be at your desk, working from home. <laughs> How's the foreign policy coming along? Yes. <laughs> not not all that well. There aren't any other, well, to put it bluntly, foreigns. It's me. So unless I'm about to start, you know, campaigning against myself, for better human rights, then there's not really much I can do. Uh, well, that would might kick in after like 10 weeks on the island when, you know, when the sanity, the the, the threads of sanity start to fray. But who knows? You, you know? could say it's possible. It's possible. I mean, <clears throat> I'm already talking to myself. Um, and when people ask why I do that, I just say, well, it's any way I can be assured of intelligent and agreeable conversation. <laughs> Yes, 
But there is still room, unbelievably, in that bulging sack of yours, <clears throat> I thank you, uh, for one more Stephen King choice. So tell us, tell us all, Si, what is it and why? I have drawn inspiration from our friends at the Derry Public Radio, mm. and I have chosen different seasons. Oh, nice. <laughs> Something I might have on this island. So obviously we had that wonderful show with with Josh and CM uh, for, from Derry, and uh, yeah, so so that that stuck with you in different seasons. Tell us a little bit more about it, Simon. Well, um, different seasons features four terrific stories. One of which, the, the opening of which, and possibly the most, just about the the most well known, Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. So that I hope would. Uh, encourage me to persevere and to keep going under these very difficult and trying circumstances. Um, and that's hope springs eternal. Mm. We have the, the summer story, uh, apt pupil. Um, we have fall from innocence, which is the body. And then we have a winter's tale, the winter's tale. Yeah. So I've got four very, very different stories. So I'm, I'm sort of being a bit cheeky and I'm, I'm packing an extra four in there as well. Well, hey, listen, you opened with a dark tower. So you said so no, it's a bit, we're past that, aren't we? Really? We're past that stage now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good try, my friend. Sort of trifling. Yeah. yeah, good try then. <laughs> um, and I haven't actually read any of them for a few years. I've certainly watched The Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me. Yeah. Um, I have seen Apt Pupil, but um, not for a good few years. And mm. I'd really like to revisit that one because mm. I think it's one of the occasions where um, the writing does the story much better justice than the film. Mm. I think it was able to, it's able to go further. It's able yeah. to make it point in a much more dark and somewhat sinister mm. manner than the than the film mm. was able to i think it's one of it may have been and this is pure speculation but it may have been one of those occasions where they wanted it to be a 15 certificate film so in order to do that there are some changes they had to make yeah possibly uh, mm. otherwise it's it's absolutely an 18 certificate yeah. story mm -hmm. um and it would probably take me quite some time to make sense. Well, not sense, but to understand the last story. Because it's a real enigma and it's a great contrast to the three tales that have come before it. Mm. So you've got some wonderful, rich variety in there. But you're starting with a story about perseverance and... Um, the, the triumph of the, of the human spirit and the ability to overcome injustice, like being dumped on a desert island. <laughs> hey, I wasn't flying the plane. I, I mean, that was just... You know, you know this, this situation reminds me of a joke. Okay? So there's a, there's a plane flying over the Pacific Ocean and it's only got uh, the, the pilot a 12-year-old girl, and Donald Trump, okay? And the plane suffers some kind of 
mechanical uh, problem and it's going to crash. Okay, and the pilot comes out and it tells the little the little girl and Donald Trump that the plane is going to crash, and there are only two parachutes. And Donald Trump stands up, grabs grabs a, a parachute, opens the door, and jumps out. And um, the pilot is absolutely mortified. And I said, I, I, I'm so. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what we're going to do. I can't fly this plane. It's definitely going to crash into the ocean. And we only had we only had two parachutes. And the 12-year-old girl says, don't worry about it. The orange man just grabbed my satchel. <laughs> beep, beep, Simon. <laughs> Simon gets off a good one. You're there on your desert island. You've got your books. You've got your feet up. It's actually quite nice. And then suddenly an orange creature growing the satchel falls from the sky and uh, into the ocean, <laughs> into the ocean <laughs> at great speed. Well, again, look, you wouldn't, there's nothing you could do there. You would just have to just have a look up and then turn the page and carry on. Oh, you know? oh well, nothing I could have done. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. You know, what could you do? What could you do? Well, what's amazing choices? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Well, um, yeah. Were they, did you predict any of those or are we not saying that just yet? Well, I was thinking I was going to keep my powder dry, but I actually, I actually know, but I actually think rather than go through, it might be more fun and interactive to, uh, to sh- reveal after each section. Okay. So, as always, Sai, you are showing me that you are a man that cannot be um, pigeonholed. Uh, cannot be uh, assumptions made of. Um, you are a man of surprises because even though you are one of my greatest friends and we run this show together, I have got on that round zero out of three. <laughs> I thought I might confound you. Are you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I can't, even even doing this and we're not doing a quiz and you're still confounding me. <laughs> my God. Um, yes, my three that I had you down for. Mm-hmm ever so predictable uh and i should have known you'd be much more cunning than that i had it mm-hmm. i had the mist because i know what a nostalgic beast you are and i thought mm-hmm. you might go for that um that first story of yours um and then i had i also had the heartbreak of cujo mm. because i i know how dear that book is and how emotionally uh sucker punch uh it was with with you with us both um mm. but and i would never have i mean yeah those choices opening with a dark tower i would i would never have guessed that in a million years and and that's why you're brilliant so there we go so uh, we i'm glad we didn't have any money on this um <laughs> but if it makes you feel any better i think they were all contenders at one point yeah Good. Now you just now you're just trying to make you know no they were they were def- they're definitely contenders but it uh, I've lit not long ago finished yeah. the second the second reading of so it's very very fresh in the mind. Was that um, when you did? Was that when King Size did a um, long five month long read along of it? Five yeah, wonderful five episodes. Parts. Yeah, five five flipping parts that was. Blimey, site. Where where can where can you listen to that? <laughs> oh, I'm sure you could find it on a number of platforms to listen to the uh, King Size Breakdown Parts 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. 
And I hear there's even more coming. So, uh, yeah. I, yes, I, I, I hear they, that they're even doing a thorough examination of the 1990 miniseries um, and both recent films. Wow, surely not. The next thing they know, they're going to be throwing the audiobook in there as well. Oh, they're going to leave no turn unstoned. <laughs> Listen, let's get back on track. Let's right, get yes. back on track. So, we wonderful king choices, surprising, brilliant, unique, wonderful. You've got all of those. But I'm also going to let you take, because I'm that kind of generous guy. You can also take a book that's not written by Psy King, by the master. So, there's many, many other authors out there. Um, and, yeah, what choice is your book or publication that is non-king? This collected writings is called The Writings of Nichiren Daishonin. So this is in complete contrast with all the other books that I've chosen to take with me, which is one of the reasons I've chosen to take it with me, because it's something totally different. Yeah. So yeah. this is, uh, it's a Buddhist text. Okay. It's a collection of letters and treaties that were written by a Buddhist monk in the um, 13th century. He was Japanese um, and having experimented and tried a number of different um, Buddhist faiths, he, he chose one which he thought was the, um, the path to enlightenment. And the book is a, is a, say, a series of letters that he wrote to the people who were following him at the time, who were his disciples, and they were written as letters of encouragement um, and sort of guides as to how to use the practice. And Nichiren Daishonin believed that every single human being has these qualities inherent in them. They just need to be activated. Mm. Um, and there are other things operating in your life as well. And those things tend to be greed, anger, and stupidity. Now, both of these things are always vying for, 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 for power. They're trying to control your life. Or they're trying to be the ones that you favor in order to make your decisions based on them and go in, in, in that direction. So it's a bit like having these two wolves inside you. You know, it's that again. It's it, it's which one of these yeah. wolves is going to be the stronger? Well, it depends which one you feed. So if you feed courage and compassion and wisdom, that will be more um, dominant in your life and you'll make your decisions based on that. And then you observe the results and you either continue behaving like that or you don't. But it's very much a, a moment to moment kind of thing. Um, and. And doing this, um, this particular practice would allow you to make more of your um, decisions and activate more, more of the courage, more of the compassion and more of the wisdom. So I'm taking that book because it encourages me to keep going. It reminds oh. me that I can survive. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's a contrast to all the wonderful fiction that I'm taking with me. Um, I guess I'm trying to in enjoy as much as I can, the best of both worlds. Um, anyway, I could I could wax lyrical all afternoon, but well, this, I, this is a Stephen King island, so <laughs> I better get back to Stephen King. 
But it's beautiful how much what you're talking about with the teachings of this wonderful book, it does link to King. And, you know, for me, all King's books are about, you know, faith in action. And I'm not, you know, faith in all its myriad of forms. Mm -hmm. And and it's about action. It's about momentum. It's about belief. It's about overcoming uh, trauma and dealing with trauma. It's about compassion. All of these themes you're talking about, and even your your choices that you've got nestling alongside this wonderful book, you know, Mm -hmm. are all about, you know, quests and faith and belief in something. Um, and as you said, tying beautifully into your opening of different seasons. So, Sai, it's been truly joyous hearing hearing you, you you talk about that. So, and completely different from what I had down for you, which was <laughs> which makes me look so so limited in my knowledge. The non king book I had for you was actually a graphic novel. I had the Killing Joke. Oh, <laughs> I could, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, a, yeah, a very succinct story, which I think demonstrates that a book doesn't have to be long to make a very profound point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read The Killing Joke when I was 13, and it really did knock me off my feet. Um, yeah. I thought it was a very clever examination of the relationship between Batman and the Joker mm-hmm. and how these two people are essentially the same. Yeah. And without, without one of them, you can't have the other. Yeah. Um, if one of them ceases to exist, then so does the other. The other one kind of goes away as well. Mm. Um, and how in that in that story, you 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 see them start to recognize that yeah. as to how intrinsically linked they are, and it goes much deeper than either of them really admit to, mm. at least. Um, and it's beautifully drawn, I think. And painted um so i could have done yeah absolutely if i'd wanted something something different yeah. something visual if one of your categories had been a graphic novel that would have been my choice yeah yeah well i remember when you gave it to me just a handful of years ago and it yeah really really is such a powerful punch mm. um so but there we go amazing so thank you so much for that so listen you've got your reading is just sorted. I mean, wow. Um, I think there's many people wanting to be on that island with you so they can dive into some of those books, King and non-King. Um, but uh, let, let's just change the, the the format for a moment because as well as the, the, the written word, um, we're going to let you have some music on there. So, you know, alongside the sound of politicians falling from the sky and rabid dogs barking in the distance and all of the lovely sounds of the Isle of strange tropical noises, you can have some music. So, Sai, what are you choosing as your music choice and why? Well, I'm going to uh, flip open the uh, CD player. I think CDs are old school now, but um, I'm sure I've still got one kicking around here somewhere. And uh, I'm going to insert the uh, compact disc, which is the soundtrack to The Shawshank Redemption as composed by Thomas Newman. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Did you get one? He got one! Yay! Well done! Music! Newman Newman Shawshank. There we go. Well guessed, well guessed, my friend. Oh, well, I know we have spent many, many a time with that incredible soundtrack, but for those that 
first hearing of your love for Thomas Newman and this soundtrack in particular, just talk, talk us through what, why this is going to be your, your soundtrack on the island. Well, I'm taking the story. Yeah. And in taking the music from the film, it's sort of my way of taking the film as well. Yeah. Because the, the music that Thomas Newman wrote and, and the music that are the songs that Frank Darabont selected to, um, to go with it as well, tell the story so, ah, so emotively. And they're both, I mean, all of the music in the film is like another character. It's like the building itself, apart from the people, the, the, the cinematography and the, the music um, are so, so much characters in, in that film. So to, to a certain degree, I don't need the film to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, not, to, not to a complete degree, but whenever I hear that um, the piece of music, which I'm pretty certain is entitled So Was Red, I always, you know, it, it, it comes on, yeah. I start listening to it, and I, I just start sort of almost unconsciously monologuing to myself, uh, saying, get busy living or get busy dying. That's damn right. So for the second time in my life, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And before I know it, but <laughs> even the music that, um, even the songs that are mm. from the, the, um, the, the, the opening track, if I didn't care. Mm. The ink Listening spots, to yeah. that, I yeah. see Tim Robbins drinking um, in the driver's seat of his yeah. car um, and, you know, loading up the gun and then stumbling yeah. out of the car and walking towards the, uh, the lodge. So it's so evocative. Mm. It's so powerful. Um, and by contrast, of course, to So Was Red, um, the track entitled Brooks Was Here. I don't need to take Cujo with me. That piece of music will break my heart. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, and, and, you, and you hear that, that, I hear that piece of music and immediately it goes, what comes into my head is Dear Fellas. I just hear the, yeah. the, the letter that Brooks has written that... Yeah. Um, that Andy is 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 thence reading yeah, yeah. aloud, and it's 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 heartbreaking. But you absolutely have to have that mm-hmm. in order for for the for um, the redemption the redemptions mm-hmm. to happen. Because it's mm-hmm. not just, of course, it's not just Andy. It's Red's redemption as well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the music just takes you through that that story and all of the darkness inherent. Um, I mean, I'd like to take more of the incidental music as well. So when Tommy arrives and you get that sort of jaunty 60s number um, as well. But listening, I, I've listened to that album on so many, yeah. so many walks and on so many yeah. occasions over so many years. Mm, mm. Um, 
I mean, I was listening to that when you and I met. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's it's been a constant, constant soundtrack, hasn't it? And yeah, yeah, Brooks Brooks was here. I, I, is possibly the most beautiful piece of music. And I would remember I would just loop it and loop it and loop it because I just could not get enough. Mm. Um, and just that, that that way Newman has of just the way he plays those chords and the chords he chooses and the sound of that piano and when those strings swell, it's... Yeah, it's it's the the perfect soundtrack, and as you said, so entwined with the images, with the visual images. I'm, it's mm. rare that the, it's almost the two are just one, aren't they? Mm. Symbiosis between the two. Um, mm. I think that's one of the reasons that it's it's such a popular film the, mm. because it's it's the perfect synchronicity of so many different elements. Yes. The cinematography, the acting, the direction, the story, the screenplay, the adaptation of yeah. that story. Um, as I say, the, the the soundtrack and everything just just blends together so perfectly. Mm. Um, to say nothing, you know, to say nothing of, of the fact that it is a story about um, about hope and about redemption and about coming back from the. The worst of circumstances mm. to then find yourself in in circumstances that are a lot more you know like paradise, but you have crafted yourself and you've taken responsibility for, and that's a large part I feel of Andy's story is that he doesn't get his redemption until he's taken responsibility for what he did. Yeah, which wasn't as he says, I didn't murder my wife and I didn't murder her lover but I was a bad husband and I let her go in a sense I kind of I pushed her away and mm. that's why she died she died because she was somewhere else mm. other than with me and it's when he takes responsibility for that having taken all of the action that he needs to take that he's able to escape and it's it, it's another it's a fantastic irony if you like in the film is that Andy Massive spoiler coming up. Massive spoiler coming up. Andy is imprisoned for something that he didn't do and he has to escape. Mm. Red is imprisoned for something that he absolutely admits that he did and he's released. <laughs> Only guilty man in Shawshank. Only guilty man in Shawshank. <laughs> um. And it's when he's released, of course, that he suddenly he suddenly feels everything that Brooks was talking about. Yeah. Well, he works, doesn't he, at the same supermarket that Brooks was there? And and he has the same room in the house. Same room. House. Exactly. And so was Red. And th those two pieces of music you mentioned, Sai, you know, Brooks was here. And then the refrain, and so was Red. You know, mm. The two are completely linked with those characters and the writing on on the beam. Yeah, balance, balance. Despair was here, but so was hope. Yes, yes. Not one thing or the other. <clears throat> balance. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure with, you know, with any faith, that's one of the things that leads you hopefully towards his balance in your life. Mm. You know, any extremity of anything, I think, is to, is to be 
is to be treated with great caution. Yeah. Extremity of anything, even if it's seemingly good for you. Mm-hmm. What you, I think what would, would serve me better, I don't want to speak for every single human being, but is balance in my life. Mm. Bit of everything. Yeah. You know, not too much of this, not too much of that, but anyway. Yeah, I... I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And um, yeah, almost like the, those pinch, the pinch of salt, the pinch yeah. of pepper, the ingredients, little spice here and there. And, um, and and didn't you didn't you once get a birthday message from Thomas Newman? I certainly did. One year, two people who made bold claims to be my closest friends completely forgot my birthday. God, those rotters. I mean, well, God, I don't know who... The, ugh, unbelievable. I tell you, it's a miracle I'm still talking to you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> However, they talk about saving the day, talking about, about snatching, <laughs> snatching uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. They managed to get in touch with Thomas. They actually managed to contact Thomas Newman and say, look, we're really rotten, terrible people. We've forgotten one of our best friend's closest um, birthdays. Could you help us out? And he said, yeah, sure, no problem. And he sent me a personal birthday message, <laughs> you know, being... Um, expressing his appreciation for, for my, my fandom and um, wishing me a happy birthday. So good on those friends of mine. There you go. See, it was life imitating art. It was their own form of redemption, the Balkan redemption. Unbelievable. Thomas Newman found in kids. Now, this is going to blow your mind. Something called MySpace. But as well as that, you know, let's make a nice little shift to the celluloid because, of course, you know, we're talking about soundtracks to films. We've already been talking quite a bit about films, but this is where you really, really get to nail your colours to the mast. So um, you're, we've managed to find DVD player uh, and we've hooked up a nice screen between a couple of swaying palm trees um, and you can choose a film to be able to watch. So, and then... I imagine this is a biggie because knowing you and your love and your knowledge of films, um, I'm fascinated to hear, Sai, what film you're going for. Well, yeah, this this was the the category, as it were, that I struggled with the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge music fan, but being able to choose that, that soundtrack yeah, was yeah. fairly straightforward, mm. given I'm only allowed to choose one film. Mm. So... I thought about taking the Shawshank Redemption, but I thought I'm taking the story and I'm taking the soundtrack and the, uh, and the film is a very obvious choice. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm going to shy away from it because it's yeah. the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, I thought about one of the films in the original Star Wars trilogy. But again, I kind of wanted to keep it, keep it to one side because I didn't want to, to overwatch them because I did that when I was a child already. <laughs> um, I also considered, and I think this was my this was my runner up. My runner up was Goodwill Hunting. Oh. Yes. Um, but the film I chose, which I emphasise, is is, is con- context driven, and the one is that it's a big adventure and doesn't necessarily have to be about anything, and is just a story. But it's a comfort film, and it's something that I can I have rewatched, um, and it, it's it's like meeting an old friend. Is Raiders of the Lost Ark? You got that one too. 
Well, I, I'm, really? I'm going to give myself half a point okay. because I had three listed. And then just before we started recording, I'm like, right, I put a circle round one. Okay. So I am going to allow myself half point because it is on there. Um, I had Jaws. Yes, again, Jaws definitely contender, but not a great film for a desert <laughs> island. <laughs> that was my thinking. And I didn't yeah. know if you would go literal or not. So I yeah. had Jaws. I had Raiders. Yes. And I then had Empire, and I circled Empire in the last moment. So, uh, yeah. It was nearly, it was, it was nearly. nearly the Empire Strikes Back, but so, <laughs> it would have made a nice contrast in terms of, you know, the very cold environment to the warm one I'm expecting on the... Yeah. I, mean, I assume this island is tropical. It's not in, you know, oh. it's not the coast, coast of um, Antarctica or something. Well, again, I think for our castaways, it can be, where, you know, they, we're going to let them have a preference, but I think most people would want to be in the tropical one. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we conjure up in our heads. Yeah, um, unless there is a particular survivor type, one episode that goes, no, 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 I, I, I want mountains and, and a bit of ice. And, but, and then, of course, we'll do that. But um, no, this one's tropical. Okay. So, yeah, with, with the way that, that film opens in a very cold environment, yeah. it might make a very nice contrast. And I, I say I certainly considered it, but I kind of wanted a good adventure. And I yeah. don't, you know, whenever I, I watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, it, it ticks the box of being one of the films I watched over and over and over and over as a kid. Um, but it's such a pure shot of adventure and fun. Um, you've got a hero that you can absolutely, um, root for, um, and you've got villains that you can boo and hiss at, Mm. um, and everybody would boo and hiss at them, I expect, uh, and it's just so much fun, and it's another soundtrack that I've listened to a lot, and it's, it's, there was a period a few years ago when I watched it again, hadn't having not seen it for a little while. And it really was like making a, a reacquaintance with a good old friend. Yeah. Um, mm. And I like that sort of, um, that comfort. It's yeah, a comfort uh, film. Yeah. And I love the way you, you talk about, you know, the, these books and these films and the music as, you know, as friends, as, as making those reacquaintances or finding new discoveries. But mm. that, that connection that you have with them, it is, they're almost like living things. They are like friends. Uh, I think that's an incredible way to connect with them. You spent, you know, your, your working life as an actor you know, both in your stage and and screen and radio. And just tell us a bit about, you know, how that journey has been for you. In one respect, I was very lucky because I knew what I wanted to do from a fairly young age. Mm. Um, so um, one, of, one of the biggest influences uh, on a, what must have been six-year-old Simon was being taken to the cinema, uh, to the cinema by, for the first time by my dad in the late, very late spring, early summer of 1980, and he took me to see The Empire Strikes Back. It was the very first film I saw on the big screen. Now, wow, what an opening! What, what a way, start. what a way to open your your credit, exactly. <laughs> your account. Now, dad, 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 dad 
would claim that it's Star Wars, but one, if, even if that's true, even if that's true, I would have been three years old. So um, I can't remember it. Um, and if you can't remember it, it never really happened, right? Yeah, and your memory is pretty, I would say, laser focused when it comes to films. So yeah. And his isn't. So it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he'd mixed the two up. Yeah. Um, yeah, my money's on you, so. So I saw that, that visual, you know, spectacle. Yeah. I went, that's bloody brilliant. Can I do that for a living? <laughs> well, you mean you can actually get paid to sort of, you know, to live in these other worlds mm. um, and to pretend in a sense, to be somebody else. Um, so I say I was, I, was, I was lucky because I knew exactly what I wanted to do and I never really wanted to do anything else. Mm. Um, and I know not everybody gets that. Some people never make a decision or really struggle to decide what it is that they want to, to do in terms of work. They don't have something that they're passionate about. Um, and and I do. It's the only thing I've ever, I've ever wanted to do, really. Um, on the other hand, you are a bit stuffed because there's nothing else that you can do that really satisfies you. If if that's whatever it is for you. Yeah. Um, a little bit of that, maybe that extremity that you're talking about. You know, yes. earlier on, that extremity versus balance. And as we know, yes. sometimes that this profession calls for extremity, uh, dedication, passion, and patience that knows no end. Mm. But with it, I guess, is comes that all or nothing to a degree. To a degree. Um, mm. I think you have to commit 100% to what it is that you're doing at the time. Yeah. Any production any role any any part but you also need to be aware that that needs to balance out with doing something else something completely different and something that will um will even even you out a bit so when I, whenever i speak to um to students i often say for pete's sake have something else in your life that you like doing which isn't acting Something that you really enjoy, something that um, fills you with sort of, you know, positivity mm. um, and something that you, you really like spending time doing, which isn't this. Yeah. Um, I think Gary Oldman is massively into um, glass um, staining and mm. um, sort of doing... Um, sort of art using glass mm. um it's a it's just his thing but he has something else oh, yeah. which allows him to sort of you know take a break from mm. all of the demands mm. that this can have on you because very often you you find that you need to sort of depending on what the requirements are but immerse yourself in something depending on what it is that you're being asked to do. Some, some roles are more, more extreme than others. And this is where I think um, Heath Ledger went wrong. So he immersed himself into the, in, into the Joker, and it's a powerhouse of a performance. Of course oh, it is. Okay. But he went straight into another film. He was so in demand 
um, and, and he, perhaps he, he was so um, so passionate about his work, he didn't take time but for, from the end of that performance to sort mm. of reset everything yeah. before yeah. going straight into something else. Yeah. Um, and, it's and, your... and Y and Z went wrong and he's sadly no longer with us. Yeah. And it's in your veins, isn't it, right? I mean, you know, as you speak about, when you commit to something like that, it's, you know, be you method actor or not, it's still under the skin, in the veins, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And you need to get that out. Mm. Um, it's like a hangover. Mm. It's a bit like a hangover. Mm. You, I, I, I am not one of those people anymore that can that has ever been able to use the hair of the dog to get me right. Right. I, I need yeah. to. I need to get rid of everything that happens, and then spend and take some time to do that, and then maybe after a few days, I can. Yeah. Do it. I can. I can ease myself back it back, back on the horse. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's different things for different people. Yeah. Um, but I, I've just seen it happen so many times when people either burn themselves out mm. um, or start turning in performances that are beneath, not beneath them, but uh, not, worth, not worthy of them. They can definitely <clears throat> do better. And it's because they haven't, one reason it can be is because they haven't, mm. um, reset themselves from the last thing that they did yeah yeah no i i think that makes that makes total sense and you know so you're there you're seeing empire on the on the big screen yes. i want to do that and so i guess you know seeing harrison ford uh you know in raiders mm. seeing indie brought to life in just the most vibrant way i mean that must have had a a huge impact on on your quest and your journey right Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's just he, he's so much fun. Yeah. And 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 I think this is one of the things that <laughs> actors can forget. And it's it's something that you absolutely need to hold dear is that whatever it is that you're doing, mm. whatever it is, no matter even if it's really dark material, there should still be a very strong and clear element of fun. Because even if, you, even if you are doing something quite dark and quite sinister, there's still a little part of you that's sort of relishing it mm. because you don't get to do it, hopefully, in the outside world. Yeah, This is your time to sort of um, indulge in all of those dark, sadistic, cruel um, impulses that we all have. Mm. I mean, obviously, you you do those in the outside world as well. So, well, yes. you know, I mean, but kids, yes, just, don't copy. <laughs> you know, I'm too devious. That's it. Well, you've already proved that with your choices so far and your cunning way of getting around the rules of the island. What we can do next is your luxury item, Sai. Um, and again, with this, it can be as big as you want, as small as you want. It can go against the laws of physics or nature or science, whatever. Uh, you can have whatever you want on there. So what luxury item are you taking with you? I think I'm going to take an Italian restaurant. <laughs> He said, it's, somebody, somebody else took a bouncy castle, so why can't I take an Italian restaurant, I want to know? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> See again, our dairy friends there. Just uh... yeah, thanks, folks. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So you've got your Italian restaurant. Uh, just all give give us a flavour of uh, what you're going to be uh, what you're going to be eating. What are you going for? Well, originally my my luxury item was going to be my bed, but then I thought, well, hang on. One of one of my sort of superpowers seems to be that I can sleep just about anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of those people that needs my own bed in order to get a decent night's sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm quite adaptable like that. I can just sort of sleep just about anyway, so that's not really a luxury item. But I am a shocking cook. I'm a dreadful, dreadful cook. I'm not proud of it, but it's just the way it is. So if I've got that luxury, somebody cooking fabulous Italian food for me and has, you know, wonderful wine and Italian beer, and I'm like, well, I don't need to worry about that. Come, come, enjoy. Ciao, everybody. Oh, yes, yes. There's plenty of food here. Please, oh. fine company. That's what we want. That's what we've been missing. <laughs> Simone Balcone. But there is one thing you've got to do. Um, yeah. And it is the final uh, rules of engagement, which is the night is drawing. And you are your your belly is lovely and full with all that beautiful food and you've had a lovely nice chianti mm. and um now he's getting a little nippy he's getting mm. a little bit cold so you know I, I i i would hate you that to happen to you so we're gonna let you obviously stoke the fire and hey ho you've got a stephen king book that you're gonna throw on the fire to keep those bones of yours warm and I can't wait to see how you're going to tackle this one. I am, I am literally tenterhooks. If you are playing this game, yeah. what remembering my kindness to you earlier about bringing Dark Tower and things like that, if you do have to burn a book, what are you going to do? The Dark Tower. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it on the island. It's a whole huge amount of fuel. I can burn it as I'm going along. <laughs> okay. And if I don't like it, I'm not saying I haven't read it, so I don't know. But if I don't like it, it's one I wouldn't feel too bad about burning. <laughs> and by that beautiful wheel, you have come full circle. The total uh, page count from the Dark Tower series is 4,316 pages from the seven books that make up the official Dark Tower. So that's so, like four it's almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like weigh, doesn't it like weigh a pound or something like that? Or that? <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, four it's. So you've got four it's. I mean, wow, man. No chance of you getting hypothermia or cold. Nope. <laughs> I've got plenty of fuel to keep me going. <laughs> and you recycle as you go along with you. It's uh... Yes, you see, you get, you, you get the full circle. The only other contender was the girl who loved Tom Gordon, but that's because I don't understand baseball, I don't think. Yeah. If, I think I've had a better grasp of how baseball works and what it means and who the different heroes are, but it's such a small, you know, it's one of the slimmer reads. Yeah, yeah. You're not so going to get... make much of a fire. You're not going to get much from that. Well, I had down here, again, this was a tough one. I, I, I'd i taken a stab at Tommy Knockers. Okay. Um, but 
this is just genius. So, um, so at the end of that uh, that side uh, sideshow quiz that I was uh, running uh, to see how 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 many of these I could get, I have uh, one point five. If I'm being generous, I might give myself two points. But um, must try harder. With that score, would you let me come into your Italian restaurant and sit at the bar and have a Peroni with you? Yes, I mean you, you might have to sit in the corner for five minutes. All I can say is uh, I really hope all our listeners, you have as much fun listening to this as as we've had making it. It's just been such a wonderful joy, Sai, (laughs) being able to have you as our survivor type for this episode. Um, It's been a whole roller coaster of emotions and it's just been wonderful. But you now need to get yourself to that sandy island. So any final parting words from our survivor type? I was asked the other day what my motto in life was. It was an application for something. And I think this would definitely apply on the island anyway. And it's not a bad guiding star. Do the best that you can with what you've got. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were going to say, God, did I leave the, did I leave the oven on? <laughs> <laughs> Is that gas? Island, very dangerous. You, you go, go first. first. <laughs> no, I bloody went first. <laughs> yeah. That through. I went first. <laughs> I saw it first. It's my island. Oh, no, it's yours. No, no, it's de- no, that's definitely yours. Um, yeah, yeah. That one's got wasps on it. This one hasn't. Yeah. I can't imagine which one I'm choosing. Find us on Instagram at kingsizepodcast or email kingsizepod at gmail.com if you think you're the survivor type. Music, Firestorm by Last Picture Show, remixed by Brian Southworth-Turner, and all King Size episodes are available on Spotify and iTunes.